The following podcast is sponsored by the Women in Comedy Festival. Check us out at WICF.com. Hey guys, this is Person About Town, now sponsored by the Women in Comedy Festival Podcast Network. Guys, today we have a guest that I'm really excited about. I'm a big fan of hers. If you aren't already, I think you should be. But she's going to tell you who she is and where we are. Hi, so my name is Kate Willett. We're in Park Slope right now, and we're walking from the apartment that I share with my friends to Prospect Park. Uh, It's a beautiful, sunny day, and I am so excited about this little adventure we're about to have. Fantastic. So when did Prospect Park become one of your favorite places in New York? Um... I moved here about a year and a half ago, and uh, probably last spring, not this one, was like just seeing all the snow clear and then like just watching the leaves come back to the trees and everything. I went over there and it was just so pretty. I'm really, uh, yeah, I think that that was when I really started falling in love with it. And then I, I just moved over near it like maybe 10 days ago. So I'm pretty excited to actually live near my favorite place. It was kind of a secret goal. Fantastic. So wait, where were you before you moved into this neighborhood? So I started out in Crown Heights. I had a sublet there when I first moved to New York, but then I lived in Ridgewood for a year. Yeah, moved here from Ridgewood. Ridgewood's pretty far from like a lot of things. How was that? Uh, Ridgewood's a cool neighborhood. I (laughs) really was very, like, this was like a classic New York live in a closet situation. And uh, I was definitely happy to move out of a closet into a bedroom. Uh, So, yeah. Ridgewood, though, is fine. There's a lot of cool stuff over there. Um, Another place that I really like in New York that we're not going to go today is uh, Forest Avenue in Ridgewood. Uh, It just feels... Like you're somewhere else, you know, like there's a cafe over there where there's all these like just old men sitting around smoking cigarettes and Aww. it just feels like so European and it's really, I don't know, it's really neat. It's like, it's like just going to a completely different place, uh, but we're not in Ridgewood, we're in Park Slope <laughs> and I'm very happy to be here. Fantastic. So do you have any like memories taking place in the park outside of like when you first got here and watched the snow clear? Well, I guess this is a sad memory in retrospect, but I did, yeah, I did fall in love last year, and I brought him on a date to Prospect Park, uh, went over near the Brooklyn Museum and the Botanical Gardens, and I locked it down. He was in love with me and with the date, but we broke up because we have very different communication styles. That's rough. I'm sorry. Sad in retrospect, but I think it's... I think it's good. He's a very nice man, but I think he's going to be one of those go-in-the-garage dads, you know? Like dads who just kind of go in the garage. Uh, my friend Amy Rose was talking about, oh, oh, you know, dad yawns. And I was like, I want to, but I didn't grow up with a dad. But, like, I think I know what you mean based on, like, movies and stuff. Yeah, like, what a garage dad is. Yeah, just, you know, kind of uh, toxic masculinity, but in, like, a real non-intrusive way okay. you know just like I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down emotionally but like I'm not gonna yell or anything I'm just I'm just gonna check out and go in the garage with my feelings oh okay wow that seems well you know at least there's a place for it at least there's like a thing where he can go and do that would you 
Like, you said that your communication styles are very different, but do you have, like, a space where you can, like, if you wanted to, just emotionally shut down? Man, it's so weird because it's, like, I think about this issue, you know, I think that I, to me, to myself, I perceive myself as a very open person, Mm -hmm. but then I think about how much I choose to be alone and how much I like solitude, and I'm, like, I'm kind of, I got got a strong introvert thread, you know? So I definitely take walks. Um, now that I moved over here, I've been chilling in my room. Nice. No, it's not a closet. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I go on the road so much, you know, yeah. that I sometimes like that's like my time to emotionally um, check out and uh, be away from people. And then when I come back to New York, I'm like, okay, humanity. Because <laughs> um, the road is a weird level of alone that you can't really... Uh, achieve any other way oh damn I've never I've never gone on the road how like in a given month how many days would you say that you are on the road well my ideal is probably two weekends a month like that's like that's what it looks like for me when I'm like okay you know like I'm working a lot I'm happy about it but I also have a life um I have gone on the road for like stretches of a few months before that feels fun especially like after after uh, the Prospect Park guy and I broke up, I just decided, like, okay, I'm going to go on the road for, like, four months now. Oh, damn. And uh, there was another dude for a while that I was, like, you know, I just, we weren't in a relationship, but I was having very conflicted feelings about him. And I was just, like, I uh, don't really feel ready to have this conversation. I right. think that I'm going to leave for a month. Okay. <laughs> That's certainly a way to do it. Yeah, it's a very creative solution for a conflict-averse person to never have to deal with <laughs> their feelings. Do you find that as a comedian, also, uh, Kate is a comedian, and we're going to get into that more specifically, but like, do you find that as a comedian you do always have like a, an out? You mean by being able to travel or like kind of more... Uh, like more existentially, like is there a way that we don't engage in relationships because we're like kind of perceiving it a little bit at the same time? Kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've been thinking about it. I think that because of comedy, I often feel like, oh, I'm very uh, vulnerable and open. But then I was watching this video last night by... Renee Brown, who is, have you heard of her? No. She's a vulnerability researcher, and she's, like, Whoa. very popular, but also good. Like, sometimes yeah. things are popular, like, crappy, but she has a lot. She's, you know, she uh, is doing legitimate scientific research and um, also just is a very insightful person, and she, she talks a lot about vulnerability mm-hmm. and how that's really the key to connection and having a meaningful life and then she talked about like one way of perceiving someone as the lack of vulnerability is if the times in their life when they feel joy it's accompanied by a sense of foreboding Uh like oh no like you know I shouldn't get used to this because it's all going to fall apart anyway and that's like one of the main ways that people prevent themselves from being vulnerable is like anticipating disappointment. Right. And I'm the queen of that. Okay. Like if something good is happening to me, I'm like in a state of panic about uh, losing it. And I try not to show that on the outside, but that's yeah. how I feel on the inside. <laughs> I get that. Damn. But that seems like the idea that there is a vulnerability researcher, like, I don't know, that just causes me joy to know that someone's out there studying this thing that a lot of people have a lot of issues with. Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, 
I don't feel like there was a time where people were like more vulnerable than they are now. Maybe in some situations, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I actually feel like people used to be more emotionally shut down than they are at this moment. Yeah. yeah. Seems true. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the garage dad thing is like definitely out of like the 50s and 40s where it's like maybe they had to fight a war and they just like can't deal with everything in their lives. So they just have that like shut down place. But now I feel like everyone's feelings are on display like because we value authenticity in that way. Like, oh, you, this person's authentic. They're real. They're like emotional. I feel like everyone's kind of emotional. And I do you find value in it all the time or do you think sometimes maybe we could chill? Well, a couple things come to mind. Uh, I definitely do think that there can be a pleasure in small talk. Like, I don't think it has to be all, like, hardcore, deepest feelings all the time. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely, I used to not like small talk at all, but then I realized that, like, being a person that just makes things super awkward for people by not <laughs> obeying social conventions is actually, it's a weirdly aggressive thing to do. <laughs> so I have started talking about the weather and music more <laughs> when I first meet someone. Yeah. But then, I don't know if people are into authenticity. I mean... It seems like it, yes, but, you know, I always think about couples on social media. You know, these like, couples that just, like, post all these pictures. And I'm like, that feels, you know, that's the thing that sometimes makes other people feel bad. I've done yeah. it in a relationship. I mean, theoretically, like, we shouldn't be, you know, unhappy because other people are happy or whatever. But right. I don't think that that's what bothers me about it. I yeah. think that what bothers me is, like, the lack of authenticity because it's not what being in a relationship is like right. you know like I think if people were posting pictures of them and like actually describing like what happened that day yeah. you know how they got on the same page uh-huh. on a difficult communication issue mm-hmm. how they compromised on something you know what they're learning about themselves from the yeah. relationship I would love that right but there's just something about the like oh here's our cute life like it's, yeah. just, it's hard not to be I don't know, it's hard not to be annoyed, and I feel like there is a level of artifice with social media that um, it, it kind of bums people out. It makes people depressed, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I do it a lot. I'm, like, posting pictures of myself on Instagram, doing cool shows and stuff, and I'm certainly not captioning it with, like, today I spent the morning panicking about mortality. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know. I try. I, I'm trying to find other ways to be vulnerable and real and like write about stuff that Mimi is a little bit outside of some of the stuff that I've been willing to share in the past and just kind of keep finding the edge of stuff. And yeah. you know, that and that's part of the thing that's fun about being a comedian, like figuring out those issues and like being able to play with them in a creative way that also makes you money. Absolutely, and just also kind of peeling layers of the onion you know nice. like just sort of like all right you know my first few years of stand-up I had a lot of jokes about like why you know I felt like a disaster with like dating or whatever but uh-huh. now I'm trying to be like okay like why do I feel this way yeah. <laughs> you know that makes sense yeah let's hope so what are some things that you like to talk about now that you probably weren't talking about when you first started comedy like not just like why you think you may be a mess at dating but like whole topic matters or even like the way that you tell jokes? Well, I've been trying to write some stand-up about my family. Uh, yeah, I've been noticing a lot of um, patterns of my own life where uh, 
I, I think that like despite my best efforts to not be like my parents that uh -huh. I'm very similar like for example my parents have a friendly but like very companionate situation going on together oh, yeah. and they always have I don't think it was like ever like super romantic oh, wow. and I realized that like I'm constantly in some situation with a guy yeah. where we're like friends and then there's like 10% romance yeah. but like it's an unsatisfying emotional experience for everybody right. and then it ends and I'm like wait why, why am I <laughs> Why am I creating a sexless marriage with people I'm yeah. not even married to? Oh, <laughs> so I'm trying to stop that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I imagine that's that's tough for two people because you're you're a young person. I feel like people don't resign themselves to sexless marriages until like their 40s or 50s. Yeah, got a few more years than me. Uh, <laughs> but um, other topics with stand up, I don't know. Right now, I'm working on a bit about incels. Um, oh, yeah. I think incels are funny uh i definitely empathize with what it's like to feel super 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 lonely yeah. and unlovable i've definitely been there but a place that i have never been is like i feel lonely and unlovable and therefore i should try to get the government yeah. to make a law <laughs> that people have to date me <laughs> like yeah <laughs> i think where i go as a woman is like oh god you know should i start wearing mascara again <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah yeah I, I i wish it's frustrating the way that people do like a lot of the jokes about incels recently are very like from a position of not relating to that loneliness. And that's frustrating to see because I feel like most people have experienced at some point in their life significant loneliness that they didn't know how to get out of. So I like th that's a very sympathetic way that you're describing that, and I appreciate that. You have, uh, we kind of talked about this yesterday a little bit, but you tend to get into some political conversations. How did that start? Like, have you always been fairly political? Yeah, I guess so. I'm... Yeah, now that you're kind of jogging my memory, I, uh, let's see, I do realize here, I'm going to yeah. look up directions because even though I love this place, I just moved to this neighborhood and I don't know where we're going. <laughs> um, so if you hear some beeping on my phone, um, that's what's going on, oh, the okay. notifications. Oh, geez. Sorry. Okay. So, um, so I used to get in big arguments with my dad. Uh -huh. Like my dad is just like... He's a nice person, but he um, sometimes is very stubborn, you mm -hmm. know, and, like, will say stuff that I don't even think that he thinks. I remember that, like, you know, I've always been really against war ever since I was a little kid. Yeah. And I remember, like, with all the wars, yelling at my dad that it was not a good idea, even mm -hmm. when I was, like, really small. And he's like, you don't understand. And I was just like, I do understand. And, uh, yeah, I think that sometimes when, like, especially dudes are saying stuff that I think is really dumb. It's hard not it's hard for me to not get back in touch with that like primal anger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, that's I'm lucky that my mom and I only had one big political disagreement when I was growing up. Uh she didn't believe in gay marriage and I did. Uh but then she came around on it. So I feel very lucky that like oh my mom just decided to start agreeing with me. Great. That is awesome. What changed your mom's mind? I think just time and being slowly worn down. And also we had a gay hairdresser and he did a really good job. And yeah, I think just being around it and being like, oh, this isn't 
shattering something and also making the distinction between like being gay like I think in the south in very religious communities they kind of conflate uh, homosexuality with like pedophilia and deviance and all these other things that it has nothing to do with and really teasing that out and being like oh this is just a person liking like there there isn't that additional baggage with it I think after that she was like oh okay do whatever you want I don't care yeah, a lot of people have really come around pretty fast on that issue. I got gay married a while ago. I'm gay divorced as well. Um, <laughs> hence the loneliness. Uh, I love <laughs> not just divorced. You got gay divorced. It's like a whole other thing. I love it. Yeah, I got lesbian divorced, actually, which means that we stayed friends and... Uh, shared a car for a while. Oh, wow. She dated another woman after me for four years, and uh-huh. that lady is up in my social media. It's fun, she's really nice. I just think it's like, it is, that's a, I feel like straight people are the least likely to continue to have exes involved in their lives. Yes. Uh, which, I don't know, I used to be like, oh, I wanna be friends with all my exes, but like, past two, people I broke up with I'm Uh just like I don't want to see or talk to you anymore and it's actually great like my heart was super broken over this one dude Uh and I'm like park dude or a different dude different dude 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 after him and I don't know who that guy's dating or what and no one's gonna tell me and I just I love it I'm like this isn't even in my field of vision and it's so great yeah Yeah, I don't know I mean it's a weird thing I've been thinking like just you know, a, a lot of these things have been sort of circling around in my head. Like, mm-hmm. the, like the amount of loneliness that people feel right. in our culture. You know, incels are like kind of a funny version of that, but right. a lot of people are super lonely. Yeah. I honestly have an amazing community of friends, people I love a lot who uh-huh. also love me, and I still feel very, very, very lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some of it is just, you know the lack of vulnerability in our culture and also that we have like a very individualistic mindset. Yeah. Um, but that individualistic mindset is good because when I was like, you know, uh, in my teens, I just got away from the kind of conservative town I was in and just moved to the Bay Area and found myself a wife. And, uh, <laughs> you know, where are you from originally? I'm from a place outside of Los Angeles, and now I'm here in New York, and it's so great, you know? I do think it is nice that there's, like, not a lot of stigma to, like, moving somewhere that's a better fit, you know? But I try to do, here's the thing, I, this is actually not the podcasting part, but, like, this experience right now Uh is my preferred form of socializing. I love to grab a cool friend and take a walk. Nice. That, for me, feels like a very satisfying way of connecting with another person. I like that. I I think certainly as I've gotten older, because like when I was in my early 20s, like I'd be like, oh, how do I like to socialize? I like to go out and party. But when it comes to like actually forging a connection and like having meaningful conversation, yeah, this tends to wind hand down for me. What's a nice walk that you've been on recently? I feel like I'm on a date and you're asking me about other dates that oh. I was on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I know I've been on walks since then, but... Um, Samantha Reddy and I, at the Women in Comedy Festival, we took a long walk together um, on a lake. There may or may not have been some substances involved in that walk. But I remember on the walk, we were just walking around the lake, and my mind was blown, like, wow, it's so nice to walk around the lake. And then I was just thinking, like, 
damn, you know, we're like two hipsters, like getting our, uh, getting our minds blown by like the idea of like walking around a lake and there's some old guys sitting there. They're like, that lake is the main thing in his life. He's like, yeah, I know that the lake is nice. I have been doing this every day for 30 years. Damn. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is something nice about like, especially living in New York, like taking a second and like going to a natural spot and like just looking at it. Absolutely. One thing I've been trying to push myself to do recently um, is to take walks without headphones in. Oh. Um, I feel like I am a lot of the times listening to some kind of podcast or music uh-huh. and cutting myself off a little bit from what's going on around. Yeah. So I've been trying to like take walks without headphones, pay attention, look at things, smell the flowers. Mm-hmm. Just see if I can be a little more present, you know? And that feels pretty nice. Yeah. This is a very nice walk, actually. I like this walk a lot. We've seen a lot. There's also cute little things that I think are specific to uh, city living where just, like, people write on the sidewalk, like, there's a stoop sale happening, or, like, go in this direction for this cool thing to do. Yeah, New York's great. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. New York is it's such a great city. I lived the Bay Area, San Francisco is uh-huh. the other city that I lived in for a really long time. But there is something really special about New York. I feel like New York is proof that like everybody can live together and get along. Yes. You know, like my cousin, I totally fight with her, but she is very afraid of a terrorist attack. Uh-huh. It stresses her out. And I'm like, you live in Colorado. Yeah. Like no there's no <laughs> No, like, they there's, yeah, they, they don't want to go there. Yeah. Like, they they don't want to hang out for, like, a few days before. Right. Like, no one wants to, like, go to Colorado Springs to do terror. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of that in New York at all, you yeah. know? Like, if anything, even though this city can be so stressful sometimes and cold sometimes, I really do feel like New York is... Just a, a beautiful example of like, yes, like we can just a lot of people who are very different than each other can just all live together and right. it works. And I was talking with my friend, she's visiting from Austin yesterday and it was like, like the richest people in the world, some of them live here and we all go to the same movie theaters. Like, like some of the people who their families are from New York, they've lived here for 20 years, and they live in bad neighborhoods, whatever, but, like, still, we're all at the same movie theaters, we all walk the same sidewalks, like, I really dig that about this city, like, people who are from places I've never heard of internationally also are just like, yep, I live here now, and it's great, I'm a big fan. I think so. San Francisco is different because it does really have, oh, there's an ambulance, can people still hear us. Well, this is well, part of city of living. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> That's part of the reason why, like, I like recording on location just because you do get, like, all of these are city noises that we have to deal with all the time. Uh, this U-Haul truck is not stopping for anybody. No. Damn. It was coming. Uh, I, uh, yeah, San Francisco is different than New York because in San Francisco, if you're, like, a lower income or even middle class person Uh you're just constantly confronted with like hey I'm on the losing side of a class war you know because there's just like all this tech money all the businesses that I loved are closing all my friends have been priced out and it was just very stressful for the last few years and you know definitely gentrification in New York is a giant problem right but it does feel like people coexist together here 
in a way that just doesn't feel as antagonistic to me. I don't know. But I mean, it's, I don't know. It's not, it's not, it's definitely not that gentrification isn't a really, really, really big problem here. Just maybe a slightly less than the Bay Area. Yeah, I get that. It's also like for me, where I grew up um, in the South, like where black people live is like miles away from where affluent white people live. So like, it's very easy in Charlotte to only see people who are in your socioeconomic range. So the idea that like, you just walk around and literally like, you see everything. Like, I don't know, there's something comforting in that none of these things are like threatening to me in the way I think they are to like members of my family who never left the South. Like, is all your family still in, as you said, near Los Angeles? Yeah, everybody is there. Um, oh man, there's such cute, we're passing a garage sale right now and there's some really cute stuff. That purse is adorbs. The pink one? Which one are you talking about? I was talking about the brown one, but the pink one is, is also really cute. Are you in the market for a new purse? I'm always in the market for a new purse. I don't think that that's the right one, but it's very cute. I'm trying to redecorate because I... Uh, You're in a new space. Moved, just moved. Do you want some tea and saucers? I, I don't think so. I think that we're... Good. We have so many coffee cups in my house, but that is uh, nice. Yes, my family has been in Southern California for how many generations? Four, maybe? Oh, wow. My grandmother on my dad's side was born in Brooklyn. My dad's dad was born in Kentucky. Oh, wow. um, they had a distillery. Um, the family business was Willett Distillery, and you can still get Willett whiskey. Oh, nice. um, and uh, my grandfather on my mom's side, um, his family has been in California, I think, since like the 1700s. Oh, like wow. they're very, very, very early Californians. Yeah. And um, my mom's mom came to California from Nebraska in the Dust Bowl in the Great Depression. Uh, but yeah, everyone lives in the San Fernando Valley. I don't know. I'm, I'll probably move back there someday. Yeah. But yeah, we're definitely Californians. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Like, I never got Valley vibes from you. That's, it's surprising. I think I have a pretty New York vibe, which is why I like it here. It's relaxing <laughs> to me. I'm extremely anxious. And no one ever comments on it in New York or really notices. Yeah, um, we're all anxious. Everybody's anxious. Everyone's busy. You want to plant for your new apartment? I, I kind of do want to plant for my new apartment. Ooh, there's a plant sale, and we're looking at it. Yeah, That's... there's a. It's a. It's all succulents. What about these like small ones? How much are they? Between twenty-five to sixty-five. Twenty-five to sixty-five. All right. Cool, cool, cool. I yeah. don't. I, I haven't yet figured out how much I'm willing to drop on a plant, yeah. so I may return to this at a later date. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, I definitely want to like fill my room with plants. I had a plant when I lived in LA, uh -huh. when I uh, moved from Los Angeles, from San Francisco to Los Angeles. Uh -huh. I thought that I was going to be there forever. I thought yeah. like, I, okay, I've done my last move. Yeah. This is the place where all the roads lead. And uh, someone got me a plant and I was uh -huh. like, I'm going to take care of this plant. And this is how I will prove to myself that I'm an adult. Uh -huh. uh -huh capable of being in a relationship, maybe um, even taking care of a child one day, like this plan will be like a good <laughs> test for me. Uh, and then maybe seven months later, I decided to move to New York. Uh -huh. And in my move, the plant 
died. Uh, and I think it was because in my heart I was not ready to be an adult yet. Uh, I wanted at least one more go at extending yeah. my adolescence. That makes sense. Yeah, totally. So yeah, you're like, now you're in an apartment that you like that isn't a closet. Do you think? Yeah, actually, yeah. you know, stuff gets better incrementally. I think I'm very, like, it's, I don't know, it's easy for me to just be like, oh, gosh, will I ever be in a situation in my life where I'm not living with roommates and, uh -huh. like, will I ever, like, make enough money in comedy that I'll be able to, like, try to afford a house someday and just sell this stuff? But then it's like, no, like, actually, like, stuff is getting better, yeah. you know? Like, I used to be so stressed out, yeah. even just about paying normal rent, uh -huh. you know. I was trying to do a bunch of road stuff to make ends meet. Yeah. And now, you know, it's not like great, but I don't feel stressed out about like, how can I afford rent anymore? Yeah. And that's such a... That's a relief, that's great. It's such a relief. And um, I'm trying to remember to celebrate the small victories, even yeah. if there's like other stuff that I want to happen, you know. That seems very healthy. What are some other small victories that you're experiencing this year? Um, let's see. Okay. The, the biggest one, the biggest small victory, it was really felt like a big victory. Is I just taped this Netflix special awesome. that I was very excited about. And I am excited. I did it. But the process of doing, of getting ready for it uh -huh. was something in which I learned a lot about myself because when I first heard that I booked that, I was yeah. extremely excited. But then I just all my old feelings of inadequacy and like, I can't do this, yeah. you know, just came up and just started just really stressing me out, you know, and then other thoughts like, you know, I wish that I had more support, uh -huh. like, you know, from like, you know, maybe a romantic partner or whatever. I'm like, yeah. I'm super single, you know, and uh -huh. I just started having all this like, this like fear and also sadness about some stuff, but then it was like, okay, but you know, today I'm gonna, gonna just do four sets. I'm gonna work on these jokes. Like I want this to be good and I'm not gonna let my brain ruin this for me. And then I would feel like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like, this is so scary. And then it would be like, well, like what am you gonna do? Not do it, Can't cancel, fuck it up. Like it was kind of great to be backed into a corner where there was like no option other than being on my own side yeah. a little bit and that felt like a very good development for me as a person because I I don't try to be self-sabotaging I guess no one does but yeah. you know like it's just oh my god there's a giant spider oh my sorry, god it's gone it's gone. okay sorry spiders and bugs scare me so much yeah I don't try to be self-sabotaging but you know it's just maybe like a lot of sensitive people it's just really easy for me to doubt myself a yeah. lot you know but that's awesome about the Netflix special. Uh, did that is those are those ones that recorded in Vegas or a different one? They recorded in Atlanta, actually. Oh. Atlanta is like one of my favorite places outside of New York. It's really? so, uh, I love it. It's so great, so much fun. Very cool. So you had wait, you already taped it, and when does it come out? Um, it will be out in August, I believe. You excited? I'm very excited. All right. And then another small victory. One more. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we can go on. I don't. I'm not, you don't have to limit yourself. This was the, I, we kind of talked about this earlier, but uh -huh. I, this was like the first year of my life, uh, which I'm not gonna say how old I am, but like <laughs> too old to be having this realization okay. that I realized that uh, you can just stop talking to someone if they're yeah. mean to you. You can just oh. literally stop contacting them. I was in a friendship for a long time with someone that was not that nice to me, and I just. It's like, I, I don't want to call you anymore. Yeah. And then I, 
I don't want people in my life that aren't <laughs> nice to me. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like so many people are like, why? Of course you shouldn't be friends <laughs> with people who aren't nice to you, but... It takes time to realize that, yeah. It really does, especially if you're from a family that maybe wasn't that nice to you, right. even if they intended to be. You know, it just can feel... It can feel like, oh, I have to work this out, but then it's like, no, you don't. And like, I, you know, I'm very, I'm very loyal, uh -huh. but I definitely do think that there is a time and a place mm -hmm. for leaving a relationship that's not working. Yeah. You know, could be romantic, could be even just a platonic relationship. And this is the first year where I feel like I'm learning how to do that without a lot of uh, attendant drama, you know, yeah. like not yeah, sit down and yeah, bench. totally. This is great. Yeah. Um, so we're in Prospect Park now, and um, Kenise was just asking me if I want to sit down at this playground, which I just I feel like we can get away with it because we're women, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, if we were two dudes, it would just be like, yeah. why are you sitting there watching these kids <laughs> while you record something? Yeah. yeah, don't record our kids. But as women, I do feel like. Like, I don't even think women are kidnapping kids like that anymore. Like, I just don't think we're doing it. Yeah, we're like, kidnap this kid just to have to do all the housework alone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, bring this kid into my three-bedroom apartment that I share with two people? Like, yeah, like, is my partner really going to show up for me and do half the work of kidnapping this kid? No. Like, <laughs> it's going to be an oppressive, patriarchal, heteronormative kidnapping norms that aren't going to work for you, me, or this baby we kidnapped. Yeah. You just not want to kidnap a kid at all. I really don't. I, don't. I really don't. Last thing I want to do, honestly, I kidnap a kitten. It's, it's hard for me to not kidnap kittens. I love them so much. Aww. I'm allergic to cats, so it's very easy for me to just never, ever deal with them. All right. Wow, this really feels natural. We're on a bench. There's a lot of trees. Okay, good. I like to check and make sure that I'm not going to sit up. I'm wearing a white dress, which was a mistake. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's 100% on me. And I was like, let's sit on a bench. But I just wanted, I wiped it off to see if, like, right, how easily is this dust going to get on my butt? I don't think that easily, honestly. A lot of yeah. people sit on this bench, and they're probably removing the dust with their butts as well. That's kind of my thoughts about, like, the cleanliness of most things in New York. Like, any bench or, like, train seat or, like... Just waiting on the train is really when I sit down on a public thing most of the time. And I'm like, yeah, enough butts have been on this probably between me and, like, a really gross thing that it's probably fine. New York is a city, though, where you just have to, like, resolve to, like, never really <laughs> think about why something might be sticky or greasy. Yeah. You know, it's just everything's a little sticky and a little greasy, yeah. and it's just like, whoa. Yeah, it's like, okay, we accept it. Uh, we all move here. Uh, we pay a lot in taxes. We use a lot of public services. And I have to accept that, like, on this bench, someone has slept, someone has fucked, and someone has died. And, yeah, once you say, all right, every surface, that is the case, well, you just have to move forward. I feel like you have a lot of, like, your, the internal paradigm of your mind, like, likes to kind of put things into categories of three. Like, last night you were telling me that a date is a date if oh, the yes. person I mean, asks you out, yeah. if they pay, and if they initiate some form of physical contact. Yes. And this is like the same thing. Yeah, but I like do that. More and more, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I date a lot of people that are very shy. Oh. Uh, so a lot of the time, if I date someone, I am the person that really? <laughs> awkwardly tries to put my hand on their hand or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of really shy partners. Interesting. It's a weird thing because it's like, uh, you know, this isn't really related to anything we've talked about so far, but 
I feel like dating is really hard right now because we have moved away as a society from the mentality that men are supposed to initiate everything, but we haven't moved away from it all the way. And I feel like people are very confused about what is supposed to be happening. You know, (laughs) like I just, I went on four dates with this guy and he never touched me in four dates. And then I asked him, I was like, this seems like more of a friendship then. And he's like, Oh no, I just really didn't want to be creepy. I figured that you would. And I was just like, to me, I still have this like mental model of like, if a guy wants to, then he'll start it up. And it's just, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely not an unsolvable situation. Like the way to get around it is probably just by having some honest uh, conversations, but it feels like a confusing time. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. Would you say, you said you're, you're, very single right now uh, are the dates you go on what's the percentage of they asked you versus you asked them probably mostly the guy asked me okay. if I yeah uh, I haven't dated women in a little while probably part of the reason I haven't dated women in a little while is because I don't know it feels stressful for me to really initiate uh-huh. um, no not to date women but it feels stressful for me to like uh, put myself out there and risk the rejection of like asking someone out and yeah like, a lot of times dudes will just ask you yeah. know because they're like they've I don't know just condi- conditioning or have made peace with it or, or something I don't mm-hmm. know but yeah I, I guess I guess usually usually the dude asks but not always um I don't know. I've been trying to meet a couple new people yeah. a week. Could could even be just, like, new friends, you know. But I've been, like, trying to put myself in a, a mentality of, like, being, like, more social and kind of expanding my community beyond just right. comedy and stuff. So I've just met – I've met a lot of people at, like, random events and stuff yeah. and been like, I don't know, like, till we hit it off, could we be friends? Could we be romantic? Could right. we be future roommates? I don't know, you yeah. know. It's kind of nice to go into a connection without, like, a set agenda of what it right. has to be. Yeah. That's nice. That seems very healthy. Ish. Yeah, okay. I think so. I hope so. I don't know. That seems, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> nice. Do you, kind of in the same vein of like small successes and realizing that you don't have to talk to people who are mean to you, do you feel like there are other ways that you've like kind of figured it out as you've moved across the country, as you've uh, developed in comedy, as you've just dated around and learned more about what you like and don't like? Let's see. I mean, definitely. I'm just trying to think about like, what that would be. I mean, I'm definitely learning more and more about my own resilience. I moved to New York with like almost no money. Oh, damn. But I really wanted to come and yeah. it just felt like the right time. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to move here and just figure it out. And mm-hmm. then I did. And that made me realize like, I don't have to be so afraid of things because like, no matter what situation I'm in, like I will be able to yeah use my own resources and figure stuff out. So I think that that helped me feel a little more confident. That's great. Yeah. It was a scary time, but it it was super worth it. Okay. Yeah, New York is fantastic. Um, Before we wrap up, do you want to describe what we're seeing and what you like about it? So we're sitting on a bench in the shade of Prospect Park. Um, We see bikers and joggers running by. There are little birds in the bushes flying around, chirping Lots of green trees, like huge tall trees, the kind that you can tell have been around for 50 or 60 years because they're big um some wildflowers you know soil leaves on the ground um it's just nice to have a little bit of green you know I feel like you can kind of 
feel I, this could just be psychosomatic but to me I feel like I can breathe better when I'm around a lot of plants mm -hmm. um kind of a natural mood lift you know and just to be out in the sunshine today's a really beautiful day so this is a lot busier than it has been other times like a super pretty Saturday is probably peak prospect park time yeah. um but yeah it's a, it's a nice place to visit it's really big you can also go to the botanical garden which is nice I might even do that tomorrow oh nice yeah it's super pretty Fantastic. And this is something I ask everyone on the podcast. Is there a scoop, deep, dark secret, or something that you would like to tell listeners? Oh, man. Can I use, can I use it to recommend something? Sure. I, I really want to recommend Nanette by Hannah Gatsby. Um, it's playing in New York a few more days. I don't know when... I don't know when it will uh, come out mm -hmm. on Netflix, but it's going to come out on Netflix, too. She taped it. And it's one of the coolest comedy hours I've ever seen mm -hmm. um, because it's a lot about the stuff that we've been talking about, like, you know, actually being really vulnerable. And so she set it up like she's telling jokes for the first bit, but then she kind of goes into, like, what her life was actually like, which yeah. is just a lot more complicated in some situations painful than yeah. she presented she is queer and she grew up in a super conservative island off the coast of australia oh wow so it was just a lot about like you know what was the joke that she told and also what really happened and it's a it's a super brilliant special i'm very very excited that it's going to be on netflix so more people can see it very cool yeah all right guys you heard it here check out nanette on netflix uh maybe it's out already Maybe it hasn't come out. Maybe I don't it's think it's come here. out yet. It's okay. coming soon. Oh, I mean, like when they listen to this, this will oh, be yeah, like yeah. Uh, like a month from now. So probably you'll have to watch it on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, very cool. All right, guys, I'm gonna love something, and you're gonna hear about it later. But this has been Person About Town. Uh, Kate, where can they find you? Uh, at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's on Twitter, and uh, KateWillett.com. Tour all around. Um, got some upcoming dates in. San Francisco, Bay Area, I'm going to D.C. pretty soon. I'm going to uh, L.A. I don't know. I've got a lot of travel coming up this <laughs> fall, so you'll see me around, I hope. Fantastic. All right, guys, we'll check her out, uh, and thank you for listening. Have a great day. Okay, bye. Bye.